a while since I last uploaded an episode and so apologies for the length of time I'm aware also that as we are reading and following a new earth this can sometimes feel a bit disruptive when there's a, a long gap between between readings there can be almost a rhythm and a momentum when reading a book and if there's a, a long gap that can that can interrupt that process reasons for the uh, three or four weeks that have passed since I've last recorded I was dealing with a I guess a life situation and for those that may not be familiar with that term life situation is in a sense anything that involves form things that are temporary so there's different areas of your life uh, career, relationships, a living situation. So for me there was there was a lot of pain that that arose due to this situation I was going through. And there were many times when I wanted to record and, and share and but something seemed to come up or I also recognised that it it does take a certain amount of energy to not only record but to 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 kind of delve into your own your own pain and and try and convey that in a recording. I wanted to start this episode by talking about a dream I had and the contents of the dream is not so important but what I gauged from the dream was how was how even a subtle thought can create a big reaction it can there are certain people in the dream that I hadn't thought of or I had spent very little time in my life with those people and those and they seem to appear very vividly in the dream and it, 
it almost gave me that insight of how even the subtleties of life have depth to them. You imagine a, a lake and a very small stone that's dropped into the lake and the ripples go out far and wide. But if we look at how a lot of people are living their lives, this lake is, you know, there's all sorts of commotion that's happening there. Many reactions, endless waves of thoughts. You can imagine the the rough waters of the lake crashing. Reaction after reaction, thoughts. And we see this as normal. We're unaware that, that we are not part of this process, we are not the mind. you can almost rearrange furniture you can do certain things to help improve the mind in this way and those are all good things you can do but the ultimate piece is to recognize the space around the mind the act of stepping out. And directly experiencing the stillness that is outside of the mind. Words can do very little to understand this process. It may seem confusing for lots of people. There is no reality outside of thoughts, reactions, the mind. They are, you know, in the middle of that lake, trying to, you know, usher the water one way and the other, trying to stay out of pain go towards pleasure, happiness. And it's a, often in the mind, it's a losing battle. The nature of mind is change. Happiness may arise and then it will go and then Maybe there'll be some unpleasantness that may arise, unhappiness, and then that too will, will go. And, there, and then there's the, 
the direct experience that you know is not the mind. We've used the example before of a very loud noise that's happening and then suddenly it turns off and there's only silence. In this instance it's the noise of the mind, the thoughts, the, the barrage of thoughts that come. And it's not controlling the mind. It's simply recognizing the, the awareness, the stillness that exists beyond the mind. A helpful question sometimes too. To help with this process is to see if you can catch the next thought the mind produces. And in order for this to happen, you have to be present, to be aware, to be watching the mind, to not be inside, within the mind. dream and we talk about the subtleties of, of just a single thought and you can imagine if the mind is in this very volatile state in constant reaction to the world constantly labeling judging narrating opinions about this and that and you're and you're along for the ride and you can imagine the effects this may have the conditioning that is happening and you can truly know this when you when you have the contrast of stillness And then also you're aware when a thought arises in that stillness. It's so much more, it's, it's more potent in a sense. Because now you're coming from a place of spaciousness. It's almost like being, walking down a busy street in a, at the centre of a city. Traffic, noises, people. And you almost filter that out as you walk. And then suddenly you're on this very peaceful hillside, just overlooking the water, so peaceful there. And suddenly you hear a bird squawking 
and you're so much more aware of the peace that is that is within you and you you become more sensitive to what almost interrupts the peace or what tries to pull you in but walking down that street of a busy city there's almost no awareness there you're, you're just part of the noise there's no space think about this journey we are on we are we are part of this form we're inside this this body we've been given a mind so it's not rejecting this it's not rejecting the mind these are part of our existence in this moment there is a mind and there is a body and it's and it's almost an undoing of past conditioning now where we are recognizing and acknowledging and directly experiencing the awareness that you are which is not the mind, not the body, mind is there, body is there but you are simply the awareness watching, observing And that alone will, it's almost a, me a medicine for the mind. Now the, now the mind doesn't have anything to, to power it, to keep the idea of you, you can call this the ego, to keep that alive anymore. You've almost unplugged the power. And gradually the mind will settle. It's not to say that this happens once and you don't have to worry about this anymore. Over and over you, you're going to be pulled into the mind again and it's going to be, this space will be covered up and you'll be walking down that street in a busy city and then suddenly you may become aware that, oh, I'm back in mind. And it's a process of stepping back into the present moment without judgment just this simple simple practice
so you can almost take care of the mind you can take care of the body nothing wrong with stimulating the mind with goals and purpose doing things for self-care as well to relax the mind and you're almost allowing the mind and body to work with you during this process at the moment for a lot of people the condition of the mind especially it's almost it's almost like a really like a heavy weight they're swimming in the lake of consciousness trying to meditate but they've got this heavy weight of the mind that's almost working against them and so very slowly and gently there is you can almost become friends with the mind at, at a certain point when the awareness is established there is stability there then you may notice the mind even becoming friendly that there's a that it's working with you harmoniously and there is no personal entity within the mind with a name, with a history, with opinions and then when mind is needed you can you can step into mind and you can experience it but not be of it, not to get lost within I just wanted to let's just share the the example of of as as I've gone through this process I've noticed the subtleties of being in presence and just having a small thought and how it can have have an effect. And it's no wonder why an active mind or almost an out of control mind it, it is almost it's almost a complete blackout of thought. There's no awareness, no no light. Just lost in the in the waves of thought. even in this place there is there is of course grace maybe a moment of sudden a sudden I was going to say the word awakening but that's got quite a heavy connotation there at the moment I don't mean awakening in a beautiful ceremonial enlightening awakening that's write a book about it it's just a sudden moment that 
there's a, a noticing of space between thought and you as the aware presence. You may not know in that moment that that's, what, that's what's happening, but there's suddenly a gap there. And this gap can arise from, from suffering. You could reach a certain point of extreme suffering and you have to let go. And suddenly there's a spaciousness that opens. Eckhart does say that the two ways to to this path you can suffer and suffering itself is a teacher eventually you'll you'll reach a point of extreme suffering where you'll simply say no more and there'll be some sort of acknowledgement or direct experience of the suffering and then you as the awareness and almost a dissolving of of the one who is suffering or there's the gentle process that we are going on within this podcast of bringing your awareness back to the present moment directly experiencing the field of aware presence beyond simple not something that you can give to the mind it's just the experiencing of this titled Temporary Roles and a reading from Eckhart's second book called A New Earth If you are awake enough aware enough to be able to observe how you interact with other people. You may detect subtle changes in your speech, attitude and behavior, depending on the person you are interacting with. At first, it may be easier to observe this in others. Then you may also detect it in yourself. The way in which you speak to the chairman of the company may be different in subtle ways from how you speak to the janitor. How you speak to a child may be different from how you speak to an adult. Why is that? You are playing roles. You are not yourself neither with the chairman nor with the janitor or the child. When you walk into a store to buy something, when you go to a restaurant 
the bank, the post office, you may find yourself slipping into pre-established social roles. You become a customer and speak and act as such. And you may be treated by the salesperson or waiter who is also playing a role as a customer. A range of condition patterns of behaviour come into effect between two human beings that determine the nature of the interaction. Instead of human beings, conceptual mental images are interacting with each other. The more identified people are with their respective roles, the more inauthentic the relationships become. You have a mental image not only of who the other person is, but also of who you are especially in relation to the person you are interacting with. So you are not relating with that person at all, but who you think you are is relating to who you think the other person is, and vice versa. The conceptual image your mind has made of yourself is relating to its own creation which is the conceptual image it has made of the other person. The other person's mind has probably done the same. So every egoic interaction between two people is in reality the interaction between four conceptual mind-made identities that are ultimately fictions. It is therefore not surprising there is so much conflict in relationships. There is no true relationship. And there's a couple of uh, short sections that I'm going to go on and read. And this may be a, a story here. The, uh, the passage is titled, The Monk with Sweaty Palms. <laughs> Kasan, a Zen teacher and monk, was to officiate at a funeral of a famous nobleman. As he stood there waiting for the governor of the province and other lords and ladies to arrive, he noticed the palms of his hands were sweaty. The next day, he called his disciples together and confessed he was not yet ready to be a true teacher. He explained to them that he still lacked the sameness of bearing before all human beings, whether beggar or king. He was still unable to look through social roles and conceptual identities and see the sameness of being in every human. He then left and became the pupil of another master. He returned to his former disciples 
eight years later, enlightened. And the final passage I'm going to read today is titled Happiness as a Role versus True Happiness. How are you? Just great, couldn't be better. True or false? In many cases, happiness is a role people play, and behind a smiling facade, there is a great deal of pain. Depression, breakdowns, and overreactions are common when unhappiness is covered up behind a smiling exterior and brilliant white teeth where there is denial sometimes even to one's self that there is much unhappiness. Just fine is a role the ego plays more commonly in America than in certain other countries where being and looking miserable is almost the norm and therefore more socially acceptable. It is probably an exaggeration but I am told that in the capital of one Nordic country you run the risk of being arrested for drunken behaviour if you smile at strangers in the street. If there is unhappiness in you, first you need to acknowledge that it is there. But don't say, I'm unhappy. Unhappiness has nothing to do with who you are. Say, there is unhappiness in me. Then investigate it. A situation you find yourself in may have something to do with it. Action may be required to change the situation or remove yourself from it. If there is nothing you can do, face what is and say, well, right now, this is how it is. I can either accept it or make myself miserable. The primary cause of unhappiness is never the situation, but your thoughts about it. Be aware of the thoughts you are thinking. Separate them from the situation, which is always neutral, which always is as it is. There is the situation or the fact, and here are my thoughts about it. Instead of making up stories, Stay with the facts. For example, I am ruined is a story. It limits you and prevents you from taking effective action. I have 50 cents left in my bank account is a fact. Facing facts is also empowering. Be aware 
that what you think, to a large extent, creates the emotions that you feel. See the link between your thinking and your emotions. Rather than being your thoughts and emotions, be the awareness behind them. Don't seek happiness. If you seek it, you won't find it, because seeking is the antithesis of happiness. Happiness is ever elusive, but freedom from unhappiness is attainable now. By facing what is, rather than making up stories about it. Unhappiness covers up your natural state of well-being and inner peace, the source of true happiness. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I wish you well in this present moment and we'll talk again very soon. Take care.